Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Goins from the Reimagined Schools podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of My EdTech Life. And as always, you may be asking yourself, wait a minute, is it Saturday? No, it's not. It is midweek, and we are excited because I've had the opportunity to be able to do some amazing shows this week, and we've got some amazing shows next week. But as always, thank you so much for joining us today for this episode, and as always, for making My EdTech Life what it is today. Thank you so much, as always, for your support. And as you know, our mission, our vision, and our passion is to connect educators and creators one show at a time. And so today I am really, really excited because I was able to connect with this wonderful educator through a previous guest, even though I had already, you know, been seeing her work pop up on social media. And I am very big on social media and making those connections and just really building up that PLF, like we say, you know, that personal learning family. So today I am so excited to speak to Lois Alston, who is joining us this morning. And I am so excited to talk about all things EdTech and EdTech implementation. Lois, how are you this morning? Alphonse, happy Wednesday. And thank you so much. I'm doing awesome today. And I'm so happy to be here. And I'm so thankful that you invited me to be here on this show. I've seen so many of the different episodes and people that you've spoken to and shared with um, over the last uh, few months and over the year. And this is just a privilege and an honor. So thank you so much. Uh, Well, thank you as always. And, you know, I'm always, you know, looking and kind of lurking there on Twitter, obviously posting on Twitter. But, you know, when you start seeing, you know, a lot of you know, traction from educators and uh, also with educators that I connect with through similar groups, you know, the Google groups and, you know, creator groups and so on. And just to be able to see, you know, uh, I guess a growth or being able to see more exposure, you know, I always love to bring them on the show and just really, you know, allow them to have that platform to share more of their passion, show more of their work. And so other educators can connect with the, uh, with them. So that's the whole point today also is just to have many educators connect with you and just relate with you, hear your story. So I'm really excited about today. And as always, before we get started, I always love a good origin story. You know, like I always tell everybody, everybody I bring on and everybody that is in that seat, to me is somebody that I'm looking up to because they're doing some amazing things. But we all know that sometimes that start in education may have not been very conventional, or maybe it was that straight and narrow path straight into education. So Lois, I would love to hear your story and your journey in education. Uh, Sounds good. Thank you. Um, So for me, I actually did not start off as an education major. Um, I grew up in New Jersey. Um, I applied to probably about 12 different colleges all over um, the United States, not one in New Jersey, because I've always been the one to want to explore and see what was out there. So I went to uh, Miami University in Ohio, and um, I actually didn't even see the campus until I got there. I knew it had um, a good reputation. It was a beautiful school. Um, I'm the kind of person that will adapt wherever you go. So I'm like, you know what? 
let me go here. So I've always been into health and nutrition because I've always been an athlete. And so my first year, I started off as a dietetics major. And I thought, okay, this is a great path. Um, I'm working with nutrition. I can work with people. Uh, maybe I'll work for a sports teams and, you know, do something along with their diets, or maybe I'll go into counseling. Um, so I started off for that first year and then something kind of just like clicked where I'm like, you know what, I'm not sure if this is for me. And so I've always loved um, babysitting and working with children. So I was like, you know what, let me go into, into education. So I became a super senior, go five years um, at Miami and, um, so for me, my path for, for schooling, I really enjoyed the classes. Uh, my end of sophomore year, I actually uh, was approached and um, started selling books, education books door to door. So I did for five summers. Um, one summer, I was in San Antonio, Texas, and it was such a great place. Uh, I had such a great experience. So just from like selling books, I was able to connect with families and kids from all walks of life, I really got to kind of, you know, just have that way of, you know what, I have to be able to have that communication to work with anybody. And so that really gave me that um, confidence saying, okay, you know, wherever I go, I'm going to be able to work in education. And so then after my senior year, when it came time for my, um, student teaching, my school had offered where you can apply and be interviewed to teach overseas. So I ended up doing my student teaching in Germany on an Air Force base. So that was also a great experience where I got to work with first, second, and third graders combined in one room. And um, sorry, there's my train going by. <laughs> it's the one downfall yeah. being at home right now. Uh, so with that experience, I had you know, a great opportunity to really work with other educators in another country, uh, but working with American students that were part of this um, on the Air Force base and then traveling. And so as a result, when I got home um, back into New Jersey, I was like, you know what, maybe I apply for teaching on a Dodds um, school because again, put me anywhere throughout the world, I'll go and I'll know I'll have a great time and I'll know I'll have a great experience. So I ended up almost applying, but ended up going into um, the school district that I'm in right now and substitute teaching. And so I subbed for a couple months. They knew I had my degree in education and a position opened up in February. So 2002, I actually um, started my full-time um, teaching position, but halfway through the year. So that was extremely challenging. Um, so I taught sixth grade. Um, at that time, I was teaching every subject for a couple of years, and then I went back for my master's in math education at Rutgers University. And from there, I ended up being a math coach at Long Branch Middle School for a couple of years. And then after um, being a math coach, I ended up teaching eighth grade math and then fifth grade math for two years. And I loved fifth grade. That was probably like my favorite. And then I was approached um, at the end of my second year teaching fifth grade math they said, we are going to be having um, two ed tech specialists for next school year. We're going to create this position. So they already had um, the, my partner, Neil Mastriani, who I work with, he was already transitioning into that role. So they need another person. So I uh, went into the interview thinking, okay, use technology in the classroom. Uh, this is now six years ago. Um, and I love technology, but I love where I'm at. So I kind of went in feeling very 
relax and comfortable and say, you know what, whatever happens, happens. If I get the position, I'm definitely going to take it. If I don't, I'm happy where I'm at. And so um, I got the position and I just finished my fifth year as an instructional technology coach. And it is my dream job. I absolutely love it because I get to work with teachers and students and administration and really get to be um, more creative um, than ever before. So that is an amazing story, you know, and this is what I love about doing this show, because you just don't know where these wonderful, amazing educators such as yourself, that road that led them into education and just to hear everything that you went through and just really kind of dissecting that the 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 experiences that you had, everything from book sales to going overseas, obviously changing majors and doing all of that. I think oftentimes what I love to hear about it when I hear those stories is all the different lenses that now and perspectives that now you are able to bring into the classroom where maybe somebody with not as much experience as you being able to be out there and traveling around the world, you can come in and you can see things in a different perspective, in a different light. And like you said, your ability to improvise, adapt and overcome is something that is of great value in the classroom. And those are the three words that I live by that I know have helped me be successful in the classroom and also from seeing things in a different perspective. So I really love that story and just the way that it just led you to what you're doing now. And I also agree with you, like fifth grade was my sweet spot when I did fifth grade math. Oh, I loved working with fifth graders too as well. So awesome. Well, I mean, that is an amazing story, Lois. I thank you so much for sharing that. Now, let me ask you a little something about what what year or around what time were you in the San Antonio area? So I um so my saw so, and my so, actually my first year when I was selling books. So I started um college in 1995. So 1998 I was probably in okay. San Antonio because um my first year selling books I was in uh, Maryland. And then I was in San Antonio and um, oh. I, it was a long, it was a great summer. I mean, it's 80 hours a week that I was working uh, Monday to Saturday. And um, like I said, I got to meet so many great families and the family that I was living with, um, they were just an amazing um, family and they just were very helpful. But meeting all the different teachers, even in San Antonio and families, like I said, it just opens my eyes It allowed me to kind of see how education is in other places and definitely you know it's it's taught me a lot and gave me that chance for when I came back and actually had my own classroom to put things a little bit in a different perspective and lens nice well that's great I mean I just love that and maybe one day you know we can have you here in San Antonio or in the Austin area I'm actually four hours south of San Antonio so maybe one day uh, both you and Alex can come by and then we can meet up somewhere, maybe hopefully at a conference or something. I don't know, whatever it is, but that would be great. Okay. All right. So now let's talk a little bit about now your transition. Now you talked about transitioning into an ed tech coach. Um, you know, so my question to you is, is what were some of kind of the things that you didn't expect or maybe some of those first time barriers that you saw as you transitioned from classroom into uh, ed tech coach? So I think for me, um, in my district, we have 10 schools. And so trying to navigate um, with Neil as to, okay, we have 10 schools. We obviously have a lot of students and educators to reach out to. 
uh, what is our what is our role? What's our you know our priority for the first year? So being um, tech coaches and being a new position for our district, nobody had any idea teacher wise as to well, what do we do? You know, who are we? So our first step was to basically go to all the schools and um, kind of introduce ourselves, whether it was at a faculty meeting um, or just going to the classrooms and saying hello and popping our heads in and saying, you know, we are your tech coaches. We're here to help you and provide support um, and for your students. So that's what we did. We um, ended up creating um, different um, PD in order to help provide um, for the different schools. And it was a lot of communication of, you know, through uh, videos. And we basically helped out going in classes and, you know, helping students with um, Google um, apps and helping teachers and, you know, organizing their drive and helping out, you know, with slides and um, docs and Google Classroom. So it's kind of like the beginning stages of that. Uh, we also did a lot of professional development in our district where we actually, um, ISTE um, in Philly a few years ago, um, the superintendent um, that was now has um, resigned, um, he and um, Neil, as well as um, Bridgette Burt, who also worked in our district, we actually presented on how we provide professional development. So we were very big into Future Ready um, schools. So we were working with that. Um, but as far as the professional development, we were able to kind of tap into other educators in our district and find what they were doing. And they would actually record and we helped them record their like 10, 15 minute PD on their topic. And then we did a whole online virtual PD day uh, for our whole district where it was uh, teachers got to choose which ones they wanted to go and watch and they would get a certificate. So we did a lot of helping out teachers in creating their own PD as well. Um, and then from there, it just kind of stemmed from, you know, digital citizenship. And that's another passion that I have is working with um, students and teachers about digital citizenship. And especially in today's world, um, it's extremely important that it is um, that awareness is there. Um, it doesn't have to be, OK, here's a common sense education. We're going to follow one, you know, lesson after another. But even just having it making an organic conversation in the classroom uh, when certain things arise. Um, so that was a big part. And then little by little of just adding more things. And this um, year, especially after uh, with, you know, the shutdown with COVID and then coming back little by little where we had um, basically a schedule that hybrid of, okay, some students are going to be in on certain days and um, some students are going to be virtual the whole time, trying to figure out, okay, how can we best reach those teachers and students that are virtual or hybrid? And so teachers obviously became more apt of trying new things and working with technology. But then I was like, when we came back this year, I'm like, I really want to have it where let's give teachers more of um, I guess, a toolbox of tools that they can choose from in their classes um, now that we're back and they become more comfortable and now we're one-to-one -one with the Chromebooks. So we created this um, EdTech uh, digital newsletter and it's called the EdTech Wave. And each month we would basically highlight a certain tech tool. So that way teachers are focusing on one tool a month and not slamming down, okay, here's like 50 different tools that you can use 
but let's start, you know, one tool in a month, let's give it a try. And then you can build from there. Oh, I love that. And, you know, going back to that, what you just said, sometimes it's just about keeping it simple. And I know like, you know, for people like yourself, myself and other educators that you know feel relatively comfortable with tech, we can immediately like dive in and see like, okay, is this something that's going to be great? Is this something that's going to be wonderful and easy to use? And sometimes, you know, unfortunately, maybe it may not be. And so for myself, I think one of the best things that we we did, you know, like you were talking about, during, you know, during pandemic is just really to focus around four main tools, which for us, uh, we it was Kami was number one, then also Edpuzzle. We had our Google Suites as well. And then, of course, Screencastify. So those were the four tools that we just used during pandemic to leverage because with so much out there, we didn't want to overwhelm teachers. And to be honest, a lot of the teachers still did not feel very comfortable with tech. So I love your newsletter. I love what you're sending out where it's just, hey, here's one new tool that you can kind of try out. And like I always tell the teachers, it's like, hey, I I'm not telling you that you have to use this every day, but maybe kind of sprinkle it on to what you already do great and make it your own and add a little extra zest to your class when you can. So I think that that's wonderful that you still are able to share those tools, but in a nice, comfortable way and setting. And I think the more and more teachers are exposed to tech, the more and more they're going to feel a little bit more comfortable with that. The other thing I want to touch on that I absolutely love that you mentioned is uh, digital citizenship, which is one of my biggest things. And I've had the opportunity in this position to work with parents on digital citizenship. And as a matter of fact, you know, during um, the community week for Wakelet, that was my presentation. And, you know, we, we focus on the students, you know, and but I my focus at, at least at the district level was the parents, because being able to put literature in their hands where they can educate themselves. And here in our community, it's English or Spanish. So being able to find those articles and share them and in parallel, get them out there. And the fact that it's, you know, I can either send it out via PDF with the community liaisons, we can send out the links. And I always told the parents, please share this with your family, share it with anybody, your friends, because it's just literature to empower parents uh, to be able to have those conversations at home too and reinforce what you are already doing in school. So I think that that is just great. And having those authentic conversations is wonderful. So I kudos to you. I applaud you for that because that's something that we definitely, definitely need. I think that's great too of that you're now in that step of, you know, really working closely with parents. And our media specialists that we have in our district also work on digital citizenship lessons. And I know for back to school night, they have literature that they provide. And we're I'm in a very similar situation where we have a lot of um, English, but also Spanish and Portuguese speaking um, families that we're making sure that we're able to provide the information uh, to help them out. Excellent. And let me ask you, what tool do you use to share that information out? For... Um, as far as like getting the information. Yeah. Them. So I know a lot of teachers um, in our district, they use Class Dojo um, to get different um, things out for them. Uh, we also have um, on our website that they may be putting on for their own teacher page. And then as far as like the media specialists, they will have 
um, the class dojo, but they also have the handouts um, that they provide um, for them. Perfect. Wonderful. Yeah, because I'm always looking. I mean, one of the biggest things is how to easily get information out. And yeah. again, as always, with so many platforms, at least the one that I have found most helpful has always been Wakelet for parents. And then, of course, you stick to either Google Classroom for students or Class Dojo and things of that sort. So that's wonderful. But again, just always kind of picking people's brains. Yeah, I like the idea of Wakelet, of using that, because I'm a huge um, Wakelet fan, being a Wakelet ambassador and created different things for the district. But that's a great idea using a Wakelet collection uh, for the digital citizenship. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. And again, it, it's going to pay off dividends because it's great. And I always tell parents it's a live document. So as I find things, I keep adding it on there and then I'll get calls from parents and say, hey, you know, thank you for sharing that new article. And another tool and that I want to add is Google Trends. What I do is I use Google Trends to find what is trending online as far as, you know, challenges or things of that sort that people may be doing on TikTok that may not be very healthy for our students or where they can cause, you know, some, uh, you know, injuries or things of that sort, always looking for that and then putting or finding um, that kind of, uh, you know, news and putting it on the Wakelet as well. And so that might be a great tool to use also as well. So love that combination. All right. So let's talk a little bit now that we're talking about tools and everything. And we talked about, you know, you being a Wakelet ambassador and pretty much like almost an everything ambassador, which is great because it's the same way that I am. I'm really passionate about just learning and learning those tools. So I want to ask you, how has, you know, diving into these tools and the programs or ambassador programs and things of that sort, how has that helped you uh, professionally? Of becoming an ambassador in the different ones? Yeah. I would say for me, it's um, giving me more of a connection with the people that work for the platforms as well as the people that are part of the community. And I feel like this year I have grown more in my role as a tech coach because of my collaboration with not only uh, my partner, Alex here, that's also has um, a lot of certifications and ambassadorships, but with so many people throughout um, the world. and. That has given, again, opened my eyes as to other ways that platforms can be used in order to be able to share out with the teachers that I work with. Um, so it has, this year I feel like has been such a great year of being able to make the connections. And again, in anything um, that we do in life, um, any profession that we go into, that connecting with connections with others is key. And that's what is kind of my driving force is, okay, I don't know everything. I'm always wanting to learn. Um, I feel like I'm a lifelong learner, but at the same time, I'm going to pick your brain because there's always gonna be others out there that are doing things differently or doing things um, maybe a longer bit of time or not even, um, but there's always someone out there that you can learn from. And so that's always been kind of my mindset, no matter what I do in life is, okay, let me find those people and let me learn from them. Yeah. And I think that's so important. Like we mentioned, you know, building out our PLN, our PLF, making those connections. And that's the way we help each other. And like they say, you know, iron sharpens iron. You know, we're able to learn from one another. Like right now, like, you know, I took that liberty to say, hey, so what tools are you using? Because <laughs> I'm curious too. Uh, I want to go back just a little bit because this is a great question. We have Stephanie who's joining us from LinkedIn. And this is what she posted. It says, do you ever get any pushback from teachers? I know you mentioned keeping it simple and providing one tool a month for them to try. 
Are there any other strategies you use to help them adapt to change and embrace technology more in their class? So let's kind of dissect this. So pushback from teachers, tell us a little bit about that. So that's a really good question. Um, so I would say, I'm not sure so much of a pushback of saying like, you know, flat out, no, you know, I'm not doing it, but um, more of, I'm still working on trying to get more teachers just to give it a try. And so for me, that's what's always going on in my mind. Okay, I have X number of teachers that say, okay, I want to give it a try, um, come into my classroom or meet with me during my PLC time um, or doing just during their, um, you know, instructional time that they have. Uh, but I really am trying to work with more. And so for me, it's getting teachers to just be relaxed and say, okay, you know what, just let's try, you know, one thing right now, let's give it a try. Um, and then we can go the next step. But for me, I'm trying to work with teachers that will also spread the word and saying, all right, come on in. I want to work with you. Um, so it's, it's a challenge at times uh, because we do have so many schools and teachers um, and not enough um, of us to like go in and to help. So that's why I do try to provide those digital newsletters, uh, tutorial videos. Um, also, I send um, surveys to kind of see where teachers are at and how I can really more personalize uh, what they're looking for. So that has been um, more what I'm looking for, as well as um, having the templates ready for them too, in order for them to make it a little bit easier. So if I feel like if I provide for them, then they're being more willing to, okay, I have a template here. Let me give this a try and then kind of go from there. So it's, it's like a challenge that. still. It's still a challenge, um, but it's something that I just keep working at. Yeah, no, and it, there's always going to be a challenge. And obviously we know that there's multiple circumstances yeah. and, you know, everybody's trying to add their portion to the plate. You've got admin that's, you know, central office, you've got local admin at their schools, and then, you know, you've got all the paperwork that they got to do, IEPs, RTIs, all of that. And then on top of that, we, we kind of get a little sliver on the plate that we want to put on. And sometimes that little sliver kind of just is that one part that is already like, okay, like my plate is full and I am done. But one thing that I love that you said, and one thing that myself too, as well, that I try and do is always find those pocket uh, pockets of innovative teachers at campuses, because, you know, like yourself, you're mentioning, you know, you have 10 schools. We have 14 schools in our district. And up until last year, it was only one of me, like one of me for all 14 schools. Uh, this last year, you know, they brought, a, I have a colleague now. So now there's two of us for 14 schools, but still, you know, that ratio is not too good. So what we need to do also to uh, leverage our, I guess, our reach is finding those pockets of innovative teachers, like you mentioned, and that are willing to try that maybe the tech is easy for them. And they're that additional eyes and ears and or that additional arm that you need to be able to share a little bit and they're there on campus readily available because you may be in another campus doing a PD so they're able to, they're able to be there answering those questions and I always find that once uh, you know kind of teachers start seeing like hey what are you doing there hey what's that like I want to try that too then they start kind of opening up and oftentimes what I find is they may not listen to me right off the bat, but when that teacher is using 
those tools that I helped with, it's different when it comes from them than when it comes from me, because, you know, there's this stigma with, oh, you're from central office. You're from the dark side. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm here to help. Like, I, I, I want to help you get back your time. You right. know, it's like, I'm, I'm not with them over there. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to help you, but it, it's what happens, you know, oftentimes, I don't know if you get any of that where they're like, oh, they're just here to, you know, cause they're central office and they're one, they want to see what, what we're doing or what we're not doing. It's like, I don't have time for that. <laughs> no, I understand it. Actually, my office is at the middle school and I taught. So the one good thing is like where my office is at the middle school. Um, and I had taught at the middle school for several years. So I knew a lot of the teachers. So I will go around and sometimes just walk the hallways when I have a little bit of a break and just to kind of like see some teachers and talk to them. Um, but my goal for this coming year is to have like monthly meetings with the different schools, with the admin, and to show them the different tech tools and how it can be implemented and used in instruction in the classroom. And then I feel like, okay, if I have their attention on and have their understanding of how it can be used, then I feel like it can really go more into the classes. And so that's kind of my goal for this year. And what I've been doing on the last past couple of years, I learned from Brianna Hodges, uh, she came to New Jersey and worked with um, my school district as well as um, another um, school district close by to us. And one of the ideas that I got from her that I will do sometimes is just go to a school and find that like open area where there's a bench. And because I have a laptop that I work on and just sometimes sit there for a little bit as teachers are coming by just so they can see you. And then a lot of times it will pop up, you know, a question that they may have or you know, then it'd be like, oh, wait, I saw this on your newsletter. Can I, you know, learn more about this or kind of set up a meeting time to meet with them? So that has also been very helpful. That's perfect. That's wonderful. And, you know, one thing that I want to touch back on, like you said, is making that connection with administrators. And, you know, it's on Monday, I had Roxy Thompson here and she's an ad tech coach there in Arizona. And that's one of the things that she mentioned. She said, you know, always be friends with your admin. And inform them too as well, because admin can be the biggest gatekeepers hmm. and they can. And so I think that that's great that you build that rapport with admin and the fact that you're sharing with them, you know, what tools are available, because even sometimes admin can say, oh my gosh, there's so much stuff out there. Like what are teachers supposed to use for what? And they themselves too have their plates full, you know? And so I think that that is a wonderful idea. So for any ed tech coaches that are starting this first year, or those of you that maybe are, are already years in, but haven't um, tried that, I definitely suggest this to definitely get in contact with those admins, set up a time, and then just talk to them and see how you can help them and clarify some things. Because I'm sure that they have questions because at the district level, they say, well, you, the students are supposed to be using this for this and this for that. And they can't keep track of that. So maybe also, like you said, a newsletter for them or just something, an infograph to say, hey, if this is what your teachers need your students to work on, this is what is available. And it's just a quick guide for them, like, you know, quick glance sheets. And then they're like, okay, I got this. This is what you're supposed to be using. So as they do their walkthroughs, they know and say, oh, okay, you know, they're using the technology effectively. So I think that that's a wonderful tip, Lois. Thank you so much for sharing. All right. So let me ask you, um, you know, I know that you're on your summer break and I know we kind of touched a little bit on this and so on, but for summer break, for somebody like yourself who is constantly giving of yourself, you know, and, and providing the PDs and so on, 
how does someone like you kind of get your own PD? I'm always curious here, and, and I think I haven't asked this question in a long time, but it just felt like this is a, the right time. Um, how do you yourself gain your professional growth? So I would say for me, um, I feel like I'm, it's a mix of different things. Um, I'm on Twitter. I look for um, what people are posting, um, videos. I'm always going on YouTube and looking at videos for different platforms to learn more about it. Uh, I am also big on um, edweb.net. Um, so I go there and do a search for maybe a certain topic that I'm looking for. And that's one thing I do um, share out with other educators um, in my district is that, you know, if you're looking for something, you know, that you want to do on your own time in a certain um, area, EdWeb has a lot of great professional development um, videos as well as certificates that they can receive after. So um, it's a lot. And then just a lot of, like online that I'll keep looking for. Um, and then just more of the connecting with other people. So that's, it's kind of a little bit of a mix. Um, this August, I will be starting my ISTE um, journey for my certification. So I'm excited for that. I am basically signed up, ready to go um, in the August cohort. So that's going to be part of my professional development for this summer that obviously is going to take uh, for a good amount of time during the school year. Uh, but I'm looking forward to that. And then, um, and then continuing on with um, Google. So Alex and I are looking to become a Google trainer and then hopefully um, an innovator down the road. So we're just, just keep going at it and seeing um, what's available there. So just having kind of like our steps of what we're looking for um, Excellent. Yeah. And, you know, and that's wonderful. And as far as ISTE, I think that what you're going to find out is that you will already have everything you need for your portfolio because it really consists of having artifacts um, share of, I think it's four tracks that you pick. Okay. And depending on the track you pick, they just ask you for artifacts. And the problem that you may have is that you're going to need to weed out some of those artifacts because you already have a lot of that created, believe it or not, you know, and everything that you do on your day to day. So it's definitely going to be a worthwhile experience when you get to meet with your cohorts and you get to connect with other educators as well, because that's definitely very important to see how they're uh, doing and evolving in their practice. But also the fact that you're going to see that how many times we may not think that the work that we're doing I don't know, maybe it's that imposter syndrome hits because I know sometimes it does for me where like, well, is is this even okay? Is this right? I see other people doing it. And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, look at this. Like I'm doing this and, you know, and I don't know. It's just that self-discovery of you're like, yes, I'm on track and everything's great. And it really pumps you up, you know, and it's great. So I'm really excited for you on that. And I also definitely encourage uh, you and Alex to do the Google trainer. And once Innovator opens up, uh, give me a holler also, and then that way I can help you and Alex out because that is definitely a wonderful experience. So I know that we keep saying Alex and Alex and Alex, and, and that name keeps popping up and everything, but I don't know about you and I don't know about our audience members, but I know that during the show, I've kind of been hearing maybe there's somebody kind of moving around or something like that. <laughs> is, does, is, by any chance, is there somebody around there? Well, look, at there this, look at this reveal. No, and I, I had to be here right next to Lois and do a quick pop in. Um, you know, pleasure to hear listen, Lois and you talk about, you know, something she's so passionate about. And I will say I'm very offended by Lois because I would say part of her PD is actually just talking to me. Because as big of an ed tech, you know, being that she is, I think I even have her beat by a little bit. But no, I mean, it's just 
you know, I dropped her website along with Neil's in the, in the chat. I, I remain so proud of everything that she does. And, you know, we, we really push each other and, and on a daily basis, we are talking tech. Maybe she doesn't want to do it as much as I do, but at the same time, we, we bounce off of each other and we support each other. And I'm so thankful to be with somebody that has same similar interests to me. And, you know, I, I said in, in the various Adobe challenges that we complete together each month, the, the highlight of my year was earning my mode ambassadorship because both Lois and I did it together and, and we created our video submission together and, and it was just so much fun. It was a lot um, of fun. That, that we just continue to push each other and, and our hope is to eventually, you know, create our own business together and, and, and consult and do an amazing job and be viewed as an, as an ed couple and, and just be a, a pair of individuals who are passionate about tech and want to teach it to everybody. So just loving the conversation as always and look forward to doing more with the funds. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Alex, for popping in. I really, like I said, I'm excited. I'm happy. Like, you know, our conversation that we had a, a couple of weeks ago still resonates to this day and a lot of people getting some great feedback from that. And I really appreciate the work that you're doing. And of course, being able to, being connected to Lois and getting her on the show too. I really appreciate that as well. And that's all part of the PLF, you know, making those connections. And um, so thank you, Alex, for stopping by. And I do have a comment here where we've got, I believe it's O. Neil, he's a great guy. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, it says, ha, 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 she should have given you some credit. That's right. You know, uh, you know, we're we're going to have something to talk about later, Fonz. You know, I'm yeah. going to go on a walk after this, and I'm going to say, I'm not your PD. I don't look like, how dare you? So we're going to have a little talk. But in the end, I'll let it go because she's so amazing. Oh, oh yes. No, and you Thank both you are amazing. Me. Both of you are amazing. Both of you bring such great energy. And I'm really excited for what the future holds, um, you know, as far as I as far as EdTech is concerned and all of that, you know, and hopefully, you know, you do decide to take that step forward when the time is right to do your business, because I think the the energy that you bring, the experience that you both bring is something that'll be phenomenal that can light up a room and can definitely spark, uh, you know, or fan that flame, I should say, for many educators that are out there that are seeing some difficult times right now, because let's just face it, it hasn't been an easy, you know, two years, three years, and so sometimes just something like, you know, that, 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 I don't know what to say, but you have it that you bring. I don't even know what to call it, but just that zest, that spice, that whatever it is, that energy, definitely like right now I'm feeling pumped up and really excited because I can see myself sitting there in the very front row of that table as you guys do your PD and just being excited. So Thanks. definitely really looking forward Thank to that. You. And Alex. Thank you so much for dropping by and everything. Thank you, Thank you. so much. Yeah, we can talk well with each other. And he, <laughs> Alex has always been, um, he's my other eyes. Before I submit anything or finalize anything, it's, um, you know, he's a great, he's just a great partner to be able yeah. to say, hey, like, let's make some changes here or give suggestions. And I'm so thankful. Hey, and I agree. Thank you, Chris Nessie, for stopping by. I do agree uh, with Chris Nessie. I've had so many guests from New Jersey and I always keep telling myself, I was like, there must be something in the water, definitely something in the water over there. I know Texas does not fall far behind. I don't know. Maybe there might be an even, I like to say there's probably a little bit more in Texas just because we have a lot of, how, however, however, 
like Jersey, definitely bringing some greats and definitely Chris Nessie. Thank you so much wow. for stopping by because Chris Nessie is one of the greats. Thank you for everything that you do. Thanks Chris. for joining. Yes, for sure. All right, Lois. Well, thank you so much for this amazing, amazing conversation and just being able to go back and forth and learning so much from you and just getting to see things from your eyes and your perspective. And also just that origin story is still just amazing. I love hearing all those different experiences that you were able to have and that now you get to bring that into the classroom. Now you bring it into your current role and it's, it's wonderful. I love it. So thank you so much for opening up and sharing that with us today, because I, I always love uh, for educators and our listeners to connect with our guests, because many times, like I mentioned, you know, they may see the posts on Twitter, they see the posts on social media, but that is the, the finished product of maybe 500 takes, 50 takes and you don't know the, the sometimes they don't realize the hard work that goes into it and they think oh they've got it together but the fact that we we're human we are all alike we all go have our obstacles barriers things and you know that occur and we just make that connection so I love it thank you so much and here we're now to the my favorite part of the show where I get to ask the last three questions and I'm always I always love this segment because I really love, you know, to hear genuinely and authentically what my guests uh, have to answer to these questions. So, Lewis, here is question number one for you. In the current state of education, what would you say is your current edu kryptonite? So that's a that was a tough question um, as I was processing this um, last night. I would say for me is that I am my biggest um, critic. I'm hard on myself. Um, I have certain goals, and if I don't reach those goals um, in a certain time frame, um, I can get upset with myself. And I have to. I'm still trying to teach myself. Okay, you have to just give yourself grace. You can't be comparing yourself to anybody else, which sometimes is easy to do. And I have to just focus on at the moment and where I want to go to, and then just take those steps to get there. Um, and sometimes it's tough. So sometimes I can be very hard on myself because I'm like, oh, I see what others are doing and I'm like, I want to get there. But then I have to remember, well, this is my path. This is my journey. And I'm going to be going on the road that I'm on right now. And for me, as long as I'm learning each time and growing, then I'm in a good path. I'm on the right path. And so for me, is that not to beat myself up when I feel like, okay, I want to get everybody on board and maybe not everybody's on board yet. It's okay because everybody has their own journey. Everybody has their path. And when they're ready, they'll be ready um, as well. Excellent. Yeah. Just like Chris says right here, slow and steady, slow and steady. There we go. Great, great, great answer. Thank you so much, Lois. And question number two for you is if you can have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? So I think for that one, um, for me, I have tried so many different things um, throughout my life um, in education of trying different um, tech tools and different platforms, um, even going back before with just, you know, saying, okay, I'm going to try selling books and see what happens and end up doing it for five summers, or I'm going to go to Europe and, and teach um, in Germany and see what happens. Um, so for me, there was this that I've had um, 
a few years ago, probably like four years ago when I was a beach body coach. Um, and I had like this, the picture and it was every accomplishment begins with the decision to try. And so for me, that's always resonated because you're not going to get to the next level or you're not going to get to that accomplishment if you don't even give it a try. And so there's that quote right there would be my bulletin board because it resonates in so many different areas, not only in my personal life, um, even with my own two children, uh, my 14-year-old and my 11-year-old, where they may be hesitant on something. And, you know, I'm telling them, well, just give it a try and see, because you don't know if you're going to like something or if it's a good fit for you until you do give it a try. And it's the same thing that I feel with um, in education. Um, this year in December is when I started seeing all on Twitter, the Adobe um, challenges each month. So Alex and I tried the December one and then, then the January one. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wow, I'm like, this is amazing. This is fun. Like I've always loved design. Um, my other thought was becoming an interior designer when I was younger. And so I am not artistic by paper and pencil, but you give me the tools online like Adobe and I'm able to create. And so it allowed me to really see that I do have more of that creative side that I didn't know I had until I gave it a try uh, with the monthly challenges. And it's the same thing that I just um, wish for anybody just to try something out uh, to see um, if it works for them, if they like it. Oh, I love that. I love that. And especially I love that story with, uh, you know, the Adobe Creative Challenges because Oftentimes, you know, when I, I go and present and we talk about creativity and amplifying creativity, you know, the, the presentations that I give are not kind of like, hey, these are turnaround tools to go and use with your classroom. But really, it's it's this is for you to use and you need to embrace your creativity. We want to bring out and if this is an outlet for you to see that you had something that you thought you didn't have or maybe it's just to continue with something that maybe somewhere along the way as you're teaching, you kind of forgot about because you didn't have time to do any of that just to kind of bring you back and just center yourself and just start creating. I think that that's something that's great because then if you as a teacher feel comfortable with that creation process and understand it more, when you share it with your kids, then you're like, hey, you know what? This is all a process. And it just goes hand in hand. So I'm glad that you hopped on on the on those challenges and that you can see, you know, as each challenge progresses, that growth and you see that creativity. And I mean, it's just really great, you know, that you and Alex get to compete and see who's who's is better or who who's gets more retweets and things of that sort. I'm pretty sure that that helps you step up your game, too, as well. Oh my God, Bob, it's so funny that you said it because we do, we have a, a Wakelet collection because we have a shared space on Wakelet and whatever collections we have side by side, we have the two columns. And for each month we have, he's, Alex is on the left, I'm on the right. And so we have our challenges on the side with a little bit of a description, but we do, we, each month we have a little bit of a competition. Uh, he has a lot more followers. So that's what I always tell him. We go, you get sometimes more likes because you have more followers. <laughs> There we go. Hey, don't worry. We'll get you there. We're going to, we got to pump up those numbers guys. So make yeah. sure that you follow Lois on Twitter. We got to pump up those numbers for sure. All right, Lois. The last question, Lois. So let's say that, you know, all of a sudden, because you're talking about trying new things, you decide to start a podcast. You say, you know what, I'm just going to hit record and I am just going to share with the world. And then all of a sudden you're like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to have funds as a guest. 
So let's pretend that I am on the Next Wave podcast, maybe, or, you know, I don't know what you like to name it, but I'm a guest on your show. What would be one question you'd like to ask me? So for me, I um, had kind of already talked to you about with the Google trainer and, and innovator. Uh, but my other question I ha would have for you would be, what is your next goal that you have um, in education that you see yourself um, that you want to work on that maybe you haven't worked on yet? Oh, to work on that maybe I haven't worked on yet. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So then one of my biggest goals now is really now that I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable with myself and, you know, doing presentations, I definitely would like to go out on a, I guess not on a limb, but just go out and do more presentations at the national level. You know, usually it's, I've just been here local. And again, just a little bit of how you talked about kind of that little imposter syndrome. I'm like, well, you know, look at those people that are doing and and because you, you've seen them, but you know, why not? You know, there, it doesn't hurt to go out there and just kind of put yourself out there and start kind of, uh, you know, going out and sharing at conferences. So for me, that would be my next goal to really develop my public speaking a little bit more, a keynote speaking. And um, I've connected with a couple of educators on Twitter that that's specifically what they do as far as uh, helping and coach you through, you know, doing keynotes and things of that sort, because, you know, I'm not going to go out there and just, you know, blah and, and talk about it, which I can, but I definitely want to make sure that I'm well prepared. So for me professionally, my next thing is to work on that keynote speaking skills and really put myself out there more and uh, hit, I guess, the conference circuit per se, and just share my passion for education, my passion for podcasting, my passion for amplifying creativity, my passion for AR, VR, XR, the future of work, Web3, all of those things that I'm passionate about uh, because I am a multi-passionate person and just put it out there, you know, a little bit more. So that's really what I'm working on. And like I said, it's always a, a process. And just like Chris said here, it's like either you crawl, walk or run, forward is forward. So we'll continue working with that. And hopefully one day, maybe someday I'll be able to do a conference over there in Jersey and get to meet you and uh, Alex in real life and get to hang out and everything. And that would be amazing. That would be awesome. <laughs> and you have so much energy, Fonz. Yeah, I mean, you inspire so many people you inspire me, you inspire Alex and just the, the way that you bring um, that level of comfort as you're doing the podcast. Um, it is, it's amazing. And so I'm very thankful. I'm thankful that you invited me to be on the show and you make it very comfortable for your guests um, to be able to share their story. And so that um, I'm very grateful for. Thank you, Lois. I really appreciate that feedback. It really means the world to me. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, and, and again, it, it's just a casual conversation. And for me, you know, growing up, it, it just seems something so natural. Also being the and I don't know if it had anything to do with me being an only child, but being an only child, I always gravitated to, you know, friends or family that had bigger families. And I would just love to sit there at the table and just listen to everybody talk and just share and everything. And so I think it has a little bit to do with that, too. But the fact that I'm also listening and learning something. So I just had, you know, 50 some minutes of PD for myself and that this PD is also going to be shared with the whole world, too, as well. So that is really what gets me excited and pumped up, too. So 
Lois, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Continue doing what you're doing. You're doing some amazing things. Both you and Alex continue to push each other to that next level because you guys are definitely on the right track and you guys are going to do some great, great things. And I look forward to having both of you next time as guests. Like, you know, each one of you will get your little square, you know, and then that way, you know, we can both have you on. And Alex, thank you so much for showing up a little bit here and just giving us a quick hi. And uh, Lois, before we go, please let our audience members, our listeners, um, let them know where they can connect with you. So um, Twitter will probably be the best way to connect with me. Um, as you can see, it's at L underscore Alston. I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram. Um, I do a little bit of education on both, but it's more personal stuff, um, as well as um, the EdTech Wave on my website. Um, that Neil and I put together for our school district. And then also um, Wakelet, um, Lois um, L. Alston EdTech, um, you can look for me on Wakelet as well. Uh, there I share a lot of different collections. Um, I also have um, my digital portfolio on there. And so I, I do quite a bit on Wakelet um, that I do share out for, for anyone to see. Excellent. That's wonderful that you get to share out those resources. So make sure that you share those out and all that information will definitely be on the website as we post the show up probably in the next hour or so. But Lois, thank you. Thank you so much again. As always, I really appreciate your authenticity, your genuineness. Thank you so much for opening up and sharing your story and your journey into the edtech space and just to hear the wonderful things that you're doing, because I know that that'll be a, a great benefit to many of our audience members that will be transitioning into this role, or for many of those that are already currently in this role, that they get to take a little bit of that those knowledge nuggets that they can go ahead and sprinkle to their already great practice. So thank you. And to all of our audience members, as always, thank you so much for making My EdTech Life what it is today. Please make sure that you check out our website at myedtech.life myedtech.life where you can go ahead and catch all the previous episodes find out you know somebody that you like listen to that episode i guarantee you you're going to be uh you're going to find some knowledge nuggets there that are going to be great and just for you so make sure you check out those episodes drop us a review let us know what we're doing great let us know what we can improve we're always looking to always bring you the best as always and don't forget that you can also support us by going to our merch store and getting yourself some merch. We've got shirts, we've got caps, hats for men, women, all shapes and sizes. So please make sure that you stop by our merch store to support our show. And as always, guys, thank you so much. And I am from the bottom of my heart. This really means a lot to me as this is my passion and my mission and our vision, like I said, connecting educators one show at a time and my friends as always until next time don't forget stay techie